Here we go. I get those goosebumps every time you come around, yeah. You lose my mind, you make everything so fine. Worry about those times, I'm way too numb, yeah. It's way too dumb, yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hybrid, throw that to the side, yo. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. When you're not around, me, throw that to the side, yo. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah. 713, gonna sway one, yeah, I'm riding. Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying. Sipping low key. I'm sipping low key and honest. Fine rider. I get those goosebumps every time. Welcome all on this Thursday evening, the Loaded Mag NUFC, the away days preview. The boys are back. Brandon Blaze are officially in the house. 23-24 season is upon us. Um, welcome everyone into the chat. Great to have you all with us. We'll run through a few names in just a second. But Mr. Chris Hall, how are you today? How are things and how excited are you about this game, this big game on Saturday evening? <laughs> I'm very good, mate. Yeah, very, very good. Um, just back from a trip to Newcastle, which I'm sure you're all aware of. So I was in Newcastle uh, Monday to Wednesday, which was lovely, uh, with my wife and also Summer. So that was really nice. Um, although it was really weird going to Newcastle uh, for non-football-related purposes, um, which seemed strange. But no, it was lovely. Really, really nice. Um, in terms of the match, mate, yeah. I mean, like I, I jumped on with you and LB then and straight in. I was like, can't wait for Saturday. Um, very, very, very excited, and um, it, do you know what? And we've it, we've said this for ages, haven't we? And this is one of our first feelings, Pete. You know, when we when we got the the takeover, it's just so nice to be competing. It's nice going into the game at the weekends and feeling like we've got half a chance. Whereas if this was two, three years ago, it would have just been like, how many are they going to score? You know, are we going to score? Maybe we'll get a corner. Who knows? Um, but now it feels like we're really, you know, we're really up there and we're really trying to mix it with the big boys, so to speak. So now I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to Saturday. Definitely. I'm the same. Absolutely buzzing. Cannot wait. I'm excited about testing ourselves alongside the trouble winners um, at the Etihad. And look, we've got LB. It's just going to come on in just a second. But of course... We've got to say a big shout out to everyone in the chat. We've got the likes of Chairs, welcome in. Uh, we've got Craig Lee, standard, always in the chat. Uh, the Mighty Win, great to have you in there. Yano's in the house. Brett's in the house. Jason's there. PDK, yes, always puts the brandy glass up there. Great to have you in there as well. Of course, Lisa, thank you for joining me on Sai's channel um, earlier. Uh, great to have you in there in the chat support, as was Jordy Team for Life and one or two others. Um, Kamal's in the house. We've got Jamie, Mark Todd. Uh, Ewan, um, and many, many more. I can see John uh, in there too. But look, away days isn't away days without having the opposition's view, and I'm uh, delighted um, to bring in 
and making his debut on Loaded Mag NUFC. LB from It's LB YouTube channel, uh, Man City fan. How are you doing this fine evening, my friend? Yeah, man, I'm very well. I'm very well, lads. Thank you for having me on, man. And um, pick up the chat. Hopefully everyone's uh, having a good night, man. Definitely. Uh, great to have you on um, uh, to talk all things uh, Man City and Newcastle. But look, um, we've got to talk about, uh, first and foremost, from a Man City point of view, and then we'll flip to Newcastle in just a second, obviously. Coming off the back of the Super Cup win, um, is your head a little bit sore after all the celebrations and winning yet another trophy? Uh, what does that trophy mean to you? Was it did it mean nothing, or is that kind of set you boys up for the the, the season ahead? Um, well, listen, bro, I'm telling you now, mate, it never gets boring of winning trophies. You, you know, these people, proper, I, I, I don't think they're real football fans, mate. People who say, oh, it must be boring to support City. Like, what, what, in what world do you think it's boring to win trophies? <laughs> like, you must support a club that's never won trophies or you just don't get it. Like, the aim of sport is to win, you know what I mean? And I've come from watching my club win absolutely nothing to now just winning pretty much every single competition that we're in. And I'm not a mug. I know it won't last forever. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that when Pep Guardiola leaves, we will have a dip. Um, I don't think we'll have a dip as big as maybe like Man United did because I think we'll actually have a plan unlike them. Um, and our transition will actually be easier. Um, but, mate, it's it's so good. It's so good to win, win, win the trophies. And you, you mentioned last night, where does it rank? Um, it's a good question. It's obviously nowhere near as big as the Champions League or Premier League. That's that's obvious. Um, for me, I, I'd put it. I'd put it under the FA Cup. Um, I'd probably sort of put that trophy last night sort of on a par with with the Carabao Cup. I think I think that's where it is for for, for me personally. But um, some City fans, I guess as well, depends maybe where you're from. You know what I mean? We had a lot of international fans in the in the um, in the show last night on on the watch along in the chat. Who, who had it above the Carabao Cup. And then I noticed a lot of people from the UK sort of had it on maybe a par with the Carabao Cup. So maybe that's something to do with that. I don't know. But um, yeah, man, winning trophies, which you guys obviously will, will experience again very soon with the, with the money, is uh, it's class, man. That's the thing. Like, um, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I want to get Chris's opinion on this. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, winning trophies, like, that, that's that's the big... That, this, is what we, this is what we support football for. Like support football for winning trophies, but like uh, Chris, from your perspective, do, do, do you do, do you kind of do you kind of see us a little bit like City on our trajectory with, with with what we're doing at this moment in time is 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 potentially being in that position that City are. City are ten years down the road with this, uh, with, with what they've been doing more than ten years down the road. Can you can you envision envision in your mind? Is in maybe 10 years' time doing what LB's doing, where he's just like, another trophy in the cabinet, another one ticked off the list. Like, I can't vision it. I want to, I can't. I don't know what you're thinking. You're thinking about Do you know what? It's funny you're saying that, Pete, because I, I'm like you. Like, you know, I think I think we all kind of feel that that's the path we're on. Um, but to actually, you know, sit there and think, like, imagine what it's going to be like when we win our first trophy, given that it's been so long. Um, you know, like it, it, it is bizarre to think about, and like it's kind of like me, my heart's kind of saying, Yeah, it's going to happen, it's definitely going to happen, whatever. And then my head's holding me back. But then the, the difficulty I'm having at the moment, as I'm sure you are, and maybe LB will agree, I don't know, it's difficult not to kind of see that happening because of what we're seeing week in, week out. 
like that Aston Villa game last week. I'm still buzzing off that Aston Villa game last week because it was just so emphatic. And all we were hearing before was Villa have made some fantastic signings. Villa have had a better window than Newcastle. Villa are going to finish, you know, in the top four ahead of Newcastle, blah, 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 blah. And then we just go and put them to the sword like that. And, yeah. you know, so automatically you get excited. And I'll tell you what, if we manage to pick something up from this the game this weekend, I think it's going to feel even more close. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, deep down in, you know, in our heart of hearts, we're probably all thinking, yes, City probably will win this weekend. But then there's also that doubt that, you know, because we're, we're, we're like accustomed to feel that way and we're accustomed to think that way because that's all we've had over the years. But now, because of what we're seeing on the pitch, you know, with the new owners, with Eddie Howe, um, you know, the whole city's behind the team. I, I think, I think we're all thinking, yeah, but what if, what, what if we do get something? And then what, what kind of one are we going to go on? Because then whoever we face, we go to the SERs and we get something. Whoever we face coming up, we're just going to be like, bring it on. Just quickly on that, Chris, can I just um, come in on that one? Do you know what you spoke, mentioned yeah. about Villa strengthening? Um, I think. I think this is a, a sort of issue in football when fans talk about teams because I'm noticing this with City. What what I'm noticing from 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 people's views is that when when they put a club right who was who was better than another club side by side, but this club has improved, they they go oh this team is now better. They they kind of forget yeah. that actually even if you just stand still, if this team is better than this other team. Just because they've improved doesn't mean that this team is 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 worse. And we, I'm seeing that personally a lot with City at the moment. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying this as an example. People are talking about oh, um, you know, Arsenal have improved signing Declan Rice, Timber, who's 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 injured now. Um, they've got Havertz in. They're probably going to make some more signings. What have City done? What have City done? Well, hang on a minute. I know we've lost a couple of players, but we're still a very very good team. We just won the treble. So yeah. I think actually it's two different sort of teams, Arsenal and City and Newcastle and Villa, but they're very similar. People gas, I think people gas teams up too much when they've improved without giving the respect to the other team. And I think that's probably what you've seen there with the Aston Villa in the Newcastle comparison. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. I think, I think that's a fair assessment. Pete, just before you move on, uh, a little bit of breaking news. Super chat received. Super chat received. I had to remember to take that off. I forgot that it stays on. <laughs> to uh, Jimmy, our, our friend Jimmy and Blaze. All you need is me on to bring the old uh, fans forum days back. Let's bring in Hall. Absolutely. Jimmy, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Very, very kind of you, mate. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Top man. Top man. Great time in the chat. Love it. Love it. Any super chats, put a question on there or a comment, just like Jimmy. Um, and whilst we're here, we might as well do the housekeeping. Um, we've got 140 in here already and it's rising. Make sure you click the like, click the like and click subscribe. We're on our way now uh, to 7K and beyond. Um, so help us on the way if you're new to the channel. Uh, right. Just, uh, before LB came in, I made a really, really good point about uh, about that in terms of that hierarchy where, where you see, where people see teams. Um, uh, and uh, to an army mentions, um, Hi, all. hope you're well. Uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, she thinks it's going to be 2 1 to Newcastle. Just uh, two more players to come in. How are the lads? One big surprise to come in, uh, she thinks, in terms of the transfer market. We'll get onto that in just a second. But the excitement and the confidence in us going to Man City, like, I've not seen this before. Not to say we're going to win, 
but the excitement and the confidence about it is kind of rumbling away with the Newcastle fans because of how we started and the way it is. But LB, in your in your opinion, just flipping back to Newcastle now, you know, what have you made of Newcastle um, in the last year or so? But also, what have you made to them against Villa? And I'm going to ask you this question. Are you worried about Newcastle on Saturday? Um, I'll add that question first because it's easier. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I but, thought you were going to say no then, LB. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, when, when I go live on my channel later on, I'll be like, no, it'll be an easy win, an easy win. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, what was the question? I, what have I thought of Newcastle over the last year? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah. Um, good, man. Obviously, very, very good. I think Eddie Howe has, has done a great job. I, I really, I, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, he didn't get sort of uh, sucked into the sucked into the hype of maybe a, a, a title race. I'm, I've been referencing... Um, the Emirates performance where Newcastle went to the Emirates last year and at the time I can't remember when you were in the league but you was you was high up and there was I remember listening to talk sport and a couple of people were saying are they in a title race are they or are they not and he went there and he he, he went for the draw got the draw and they were Newcastle were lucky not to win it Joe Linton had a header just before half time really should have scored um, and after the game he said we're not in a title race and I thought that was clever I thought that was clever. Some people might think, ah, oh, why did he do that? You know what I mean? He should have gone there and tried to win the game. He could have been in a title race. But what he's doing is he's managing expectations. That's what he's doing. No one expected Newcastle to be in a title race last year. Do you know what I mean? And he went there. And at the end of the game, and there was a lot of criticism because of the performance, but we know. everyone saw, yeah. And everyone's just, everyone's just come away from the game. And I thought he'd done a really good job. I thought the signings that he's made in the summer have been great. I've been talking about Harvey Barnes for years saying that he needed to make a move. I thought he stayed at Leicester far too long. And I think that's a great signing. And of course, he, he come on, didn't he, against Villa um, and, 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 and done well. Livermento, Pete, I'm pretty sure we've had discussions before on the 12th man about, I think that's a great signing. Um, strengthens the team um, for, for, for what you've currently got. And it's all about, remember, it's all about building that squad. It's all, it's all great having a starting 11 that's good. But if the squad ain't up to it, then, then that's a serious problem. And of course, Tanal is the big sort of golden ticket. Obviously, I thought I thought when he played against Villa, um, nice goal, could have had a second and uh, looked like he settled in nicely. Obviously, time will tell it just to see exactly how he does settle in. But listen, I think that Newcastle are going about things the right way. Um, it will be interesting to see how he plays at the Etihad on Saturday. Will he come to us and do what he did at the Emirates and just sort of part the bus and just try and take a, a point, which would be a great point for Newcastle? Or second game, he won the first one, or does he go for it? So, um, yeah, obviously, Eddie Howe doing a great job. Newcastle in a great position. And as I've said to you in the past, Pete, it's all about patience, mate, because at some point you will be winning the trophies. Don't rush it. You've got a plan, clearly. Stick to the plan. And I know some fans might be getting a bit eager, saying, we've got all this money, go spend it or whatever. Stick to the plan, man. Look at club, club spending money doesn't always guarantee success. You know what I mean? Look at Everton, look at Man United, look at Chelsea. You've got a plan. We've had a plan, and now look at us. You know what I mean? So stay patient. Love it, love it. Um, yeah. Uh, look, if you haven't heard LB before, uh, get on the twelfth man and watches because LB knows his stuff. He knows all. Uh, that's for sure. And um, I think most Newcastle fans, particularly everyone uh, in the chat, we've got hundred and sixty plus watching right now, um, will echo your thoughts with regards to Newcastle. So I think you've you've kind of. 
Um, you've touched on Newcastle perfectly there. But Chris, and I come to you because LB made a really good point. He talked about last year. You know what, LB? I wish you were there on the race for Europe last season, man. Because after that, after that Emirates game, I got hammered on the race oh. for Europe. The back of that, we got obliterated for for sitting back and, and, and taking that nil nil. But I wish you were there because because you, you backed up my points that I made. To be fair, I don't know. I don't know what I said after the game. I to be fair, at the time, I might have been yeah. saying the same thing. But like when you look back, when you look back at it, when you look back at it, yeah. you go, yeah. On hindsight, it was I think the correct decision. Yeah, definitely. But but you touched on a really good point there, and uh, Chris, I want to come to you about this is because yeah, LB said. It's going to be interesting to see how Eddie Howe sets us up on Saturday. Is he going to come and... You know, he didn't park the bus at the Emirates, but he, he, he came to make it difficult and frustrate Arsenal. Or is he going to go and play the type of football we played against Aston Villa and go, you know what, let's do what we did at St. James's Park last season and go, and go at them and go toe-to-toe. What are your thoughts about that? It's a really interesting point. Yeah, it is. I, I, uh, I'll touch on the Arsenal thing when I finish, but I, um, I think he's going to go toe to toe. I really do because, for me, I think you know with the signings we brought in, you know our tails are up. Fantastic result against Villa last week. Um, I think obviously City have got to be respected, but one of if not the best team in Europe. You, you don't just open out when you go to the Etihad. But I do think that. You know, some people say that attack is the best form of defence, and I, I do believe that. If we just sit back and play five or six behind the ball, City will eventually pick us off. Um, we we kind of saw that with Seville yes, uh, yesterday, because Seville, you know, sat very very deep and they were going on the counter. And to be fair to them, they were countering really really well. But you can't keep doing that against City because City will break you down, and because they've got such quality. And you know, to be fair, they did they did come up with a, a really good goal from uh, Cole Palmer, but. I think I think we'll have a go at City, um, and I think that now there's a, a confidence within the team, within the fan base. Mm-hmm. I think I think Eddie Howe will try and cause City problems. The fact that Bruin's going to be out is is a massive plus for us. Um, I know we'll probably touch on that later, but I think you know there's there's chinks there that we can get at uh, within the armory, and I think you know rather than sitting back and going for the points, I think Eddie Howe will probably try and you know attack them full throttle. It wouldn't surprise me if we went defensive if we say went one nil up. I hope we don't do that. Um, I hope we just you know keep going as we are. But you know they, we are talking about a high quality city side. And just to finish on the Arsenal point from last season, I still couldn't get over the reaction of us turning up to the Emirates and playing the way we did because you don't you don't <laughs> you know I think at the time Arsenal were top. Correct me if I'm wrong. And like you don't just turn up and just you know try and take on a team who are high-flying, one of the best in the league, and try and beat them when you haven't got, you haven't really got the, um, you know, the credentials within your team to kind of do that. You can't match them man for man. So the fact that we turned up and we did what we did, and, you know, everyone was, uh, well, mainly it was Arteta, wasn't it? Arteta was going, I can't believe we did that. And it was a disgrace that, they, you know, they, they played like this because they just wanted to stop us playing football. But why not? That, that's within our gift, isn't it? We, d- we didn't have a multi, multi, multi million pound team at that time. And I'm sure this season it may be different because, you know, we're, we're longer in the Eddie period. We've brought in new players. But teams should be allowed to turn up and play however they wish, as long as they've got 11 players on the field, however they wish to play their football. You're hearing that, Pops. 
Potts is in the chat right now. Are you hearing that? Because you gave me stink. Listen to what Chris <laughs> Warner's got to say. Listen to what LB's got to say. No, you uh, know what it is? Yeah, I tell you what it is, Pete, right? When you support a team like City and Arsenal that play football the way that we do, we want teams in an ideal world to come and try and play expansive football against us. And that's what Eddie Howe used to do at Bournemouth. And check the scoreline at the Etihad Stadium every time Manchester City played Bournemouth. Yeah? Lucky they didn't get into double digits some of the games. Yeah. So that's 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 why. But as 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 Chris said, there's absolutely nothing wrong. There's no there's no certain way, set way of playing football. You know I mean, if you want to go direct long ball, no problem. You want to play out from the back, no problem. There's no there's no rule book on how you have to play. So you're spot on, mate. Really? Yeah, so where uh, Mark Mark's not in the in the chat, Mark the Arsenal fan who normally pops in, uh, <laughs> he, 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 he's, he always pops in and, and plugs the channel, but always says that we're anti football after that one game. He, he refers to us now as anti football is, is the Arsenal <laughs> fan. But look, it, it, look it, it is what it is. But I think LB, uh, Chris, you you spot you spot on, and I echo exactly uh, what you boys. Um, have said. Uh, look, there's a few other things we're going to talk about um, for sure, and we're going to get into the game in just a second. But um, Chris, is there any questions in the chat for LB? Because um, look, we know what our chatters are like; they like to put questions in for our for our brilliant guests. So, uh, uh, anything that kind of stands out for you that that you want to throw at LB? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, a good few questions here for LB. One of them uh, here as well, being I'm going to throw this one at you, and I'm particularly interested to hear the answer to this because I was listening to this on TalkSport myself when I was driving earlier. With City playing last night, do you expect the players to be a little bit tired with them not having much of a break to prepare for Saturday's game? And I know that Pep's come out and said something, hasn't he? Um, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, LB. Um, I mean, the answer to the question, I guess, is, yeah, we probably are going to be tired, but... We've been doing this now for over a decade. We've just won the treble last year. So this is just something you have to deal with. You know what I mean? If we if we don't win the game, it won't be because we played the Super Cup yesterday. Put it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, the scheduling is, is, is silly. You know what I mean? We've just played a Super Cup on the Wednesday night and then we've got a game on the Saturday. It should really be the Sunday. But it's look, what you here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't get, you, you know, the league doesn't help us. I guess the league doesn't have to help us. But um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like we've been dealing with this. You guys will have to deal with it now in the Champions League. Like, it is what it is. You can't... And I'm not one of these people who start going to moan too much. Yeah, we all know City probably should play on the Sunday if you play Champions League on the Wednesday. But listen, this has never changed since the Premier League's begun. They're not going to change it tomorrow. So you just got to deal with it, man. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Very, very yeah, true. Um... Um, we've got another another good one here from uh, Tom Dixon. So, and this has gone quiet unless LB you tell us otherwise. Will Man City buy anyone else, and who do you think will be shown the exit door? Obviously, we've seen a couple of high-profile names mm. leave, like Gundogan and Mares. But mm. like, do you? Is it? Is there any links on anyone? Anyone coming in for Man City? Yeah, uh, I think Lucas Paqueta from West Ham is all but signed, um, and I think we'll get him in. I think that's going to be uh, a really, actually, a really important signing for us. And I think people are massively, massively underestimating just how important he's going to be for us. Um, and have the impact, especially Kevin De Bruyne's obviously injured, as you mentioned. He's going to be out now until 2024. And uh, I think he's I think he's a good player, you know, Lucas Paqueta. So I think that's going to be a super addition. Of course, we're going to overpay, but everyone overpays for everyone these days. Um, and Jeremy Doku looks like he's probably going to join Manchester City as well. Um, he played on Saturday for Stad Ren against FC Mets, watched the game, looked very, very good. And then when he got subbed off, he gave the captain a hug 
and then give um, the stadium like just give like a 360 clap to all the fans in the stadium and then on Twitter all the uh, FC uh, Stad Ren fans were were saying that basically yeah see it a bit like good 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 looking Manchester so it seems like we're going to get him as for departures I think Cole Palmer now is the only the real one it looks like Bernardo Silva is going to sign a new contract as is mm-hmm. Kyle Walker so Cole Palmer will he leave on loan will he be sold not sure but whoever gets him we've got a serious player on their hands I've watched him since he's been about 16, something like that, in the academy. And he's a top, top player. Scored a scored a goal, good goal, underrated goal yesterday in the Super Cup, getting himself in the penalty area. He's got a nice goal against Arsenal in the Community Shield as well. So, yeah, that's it for outgoings, I think. Just call Palmer. Is, um... Oh, sorry, Pete, go on. No, I was going to say, I, I was on the chat tonight with, um, on Saeed's channel with Gunnar Lee. He was hammering Cole Palmer. I didn't watch the game because we, we did a show last night. So, I, um, I didn't actually properly watch the game. But... Um, Apparently they were they were hammering Cole Palmer saying he was saying he was shite for for um while she was on the pitch. I, I, I don't I know. Don't I, watch it. I can't tell a good game. He was probably yeah. our best attacking player, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it probably them just trying to get a rise out of Daps and get rid of the rest. <laughs> yeah, of them. probably, man. Probably. But, uh, but yeah, they, they were saying that. But uh, was he not linked with West Ham? Was he linked with? Yeah, he's been linked with West Ham and he's been linked with Brighton. Um, I think the the problem with Brighton is they are reluctant because of the way that they do business to accept any sort of buyback clause in there. Um, mm. And fair play to Brighton, they're, they're not really desperate. They, they can pick and choose who they want and get the best deals for them as an incoming. I think West Ham, obviously, given the fact that they've, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I still don't think they've signed anyone um, and the fans are already having a, having a meltdown. Um, that they may be a little bit more open to having some sort of buyback clause. We were going to sell them Carlos Borges before he went to our, uh, Ajax, and he was wow. he had a buyback clause in there. So I think if I had to pick the two, I think he'll probably end up at West Ham purely on sort of like a business um, deal for City. But he's a great player. I think James Ward-Prowse has gone to West Ham. I think that's signed. Oh, is that actually now? done now, yeah? Edson yeah. Alvarez as well from Ajax. Yes, I think oh, right, Edson Alvarez, yeah. yeah. So they, 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 they literally only went, gone through like the last week, though, aren't they? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, in terms of Paqueta, how, how much are they talking, Albie? <sighs> Mate, get a dart and throw it at the dartboard. That's the new one, isn't it? No one has a clue. Who knows? 70 million, 100 million. I don't know, mate. How, how do you? I don't know what the value is anymore. Like the, no. the transfer values are crazy. How some of these values have come up with? How they make them up? I don't know. So, literally, no idea what the fee is going to be. Well, I do. It's going to be around eighty million quid. Um, you know, it's a thing. Is so, mate. Like, if you look at his stats for Brazil, very good stats for Brazil. His stats at Leon were also very impressive. His stats at West Ham are actually not even that bad, considering that he was playing with like Antonio and that last year. Um, you know, if you put him in the Manchester City team with Erling Haaland, yeah. he's probably going to get some serious numbers. He's only 24 yeah. years old, which I think people forget <laughs> at times. You know what I mean? Which I I didn't even realise he was 25. I thought he was a bit older, like 27 or something. So this is a player, serious talent. And um, I think it's an exciting one for us because it's a bit of a risk. A lot of our signings when we sign, when we sign players, they're kind of like, not boring, but like you kind of know what you're going to get. Like Haaland, we signed Haaland. I say I'm not not boring, but like, did anyone really think this guy wasn't going to score goals? Like when we signed other players, De Bruyne, we knew that he was going to come in and create chances. We didn't realise he was how good he was going to be. With Paqueta, I think it's really like I really don't know what I'm going to get with this guy. And similar could be said to about Jamie Doku if we get him for 40, mm. 40 million. You know, what's he going to be like? He's a bit like of an explosive character. So I'm really excited with these potential two signings. Yeah. Cool. Look, Chris, you, we know about Lucas Paqueta because it was it, in our first transfer window with the new ownership. 
he was the guy that we thought we were going to go for. And then all of a sudden, we pull out Bruno Gamares, and nobody's arguing about that. But then the summer window comes about. Um, you've got Lucas Paqueta in Bruno Gamares' garden in Newcastle, where in the top when everyone thinks it's a done deal. He doesn't go. He doesn't come to Newcastle. We then go. Uh, he then goes to West Ham. We get Alexander Isak instead. No Newcastle fans arguing about that. I certainly am not. Um, but I do think that there'll be a little bit of what if with Newcastle fans. Yeah. Is that kind of what your your thoughts are with Lucas Paqueta, knowing now that he's going to a team like City, um, yeah, potentially and, and and looking to tear it up? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, when we got when we got Bruno in, we, none of us were expecting that, and Bruno hit the ground running, didn't he? And Bruno's been absolutely brilliant, and we know how close Bruno and Paqueta are. Um, and I think deep down we all we always thought, didn't we? Oh, we'll get him next window, or we'll get him the window after. And it's just never quite panned out like that. And then he joins West Ham, and even some fans were still saying, "Oh, we'll just buy him off West Ham." And now that he's going to Man City, I, I agree with LB in that. You know, I don't think I think Paqueta was one of the shining lights for West Ham last season in a very poor West Ham side. Lawless won't like me saying that. Um, but you know, he went and won the conference, and that's you know fantastic. He did really well to do that. But I think putting Lucas Paqueta in a team surrounded by Manchester City players, you're automatically going to see a better player, aren't you? We see for Brazil that he pulls the strings for them. He's he's always one of the the standout players, um, and he's highly thought of by the Brazil national team. So I, I think if he joins if he joins Man City, we're going to see a lot better version of Lucas Paqueta. Even you know even towards the back end of last season and the first game last week. You know, he you can see there's a player there, and now he's acclimatized. He's used to the Premier League. You know, the speed, the uh, the aggression. I think he's only going to go from strength to strength, and I can't believe I can't actually believe he's only 24. I did actually think he was older than that. So I think he's 24. <laughs> I think him and Bruno are similar. But I think there's similarities. I think Bruno's just turned 25, so I think yeah. Paqueta is close to being 25. But yeah, Paqueta's, Paqueta's 25 as well, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, they must have, he must have just turned 25 then, because I knew they were the same age. Um, that's 25, great age, great age. Great age. Um, <laughs> I just want to turn tack for a second, Chris. I don't know if you want to. Just one more thing, Pete. Just one more thing, um, which I've just got to highlight just before we move on. Another super chat received this time from Colin Nickel. So, Colin, big massive thank you to you, mate. Much appreciated. But get your comments in, Colin. Get them comments in so that we can read them out. Uh, We always say to people if they if they you know do a super sticker or a super chat, get your comments in and we'll read them out on the screen. Collins is superb uh, um, donated to the channel. Really, really appreciate it. But uh, he never puts a comment in, ever. Never puts a question in. Uh, so look, one day. Later on. One day. Yeah. Just the one. Just, just put one in. Just one, one time. Um, uh, I want to just switch tack just for a second because we haven't touched on it. And a lot of Newcastle fans will be talking about it and excited about it. Um, I want to get your thoughts, Chris, in particular. Also, want to get your thoughts on this LB. Um, and it's the news that kind of like rocked us last night into today. And it's you know Newcastle uh, and Chelsea reaching an agreement um, on a fee uh, for the 18-year-old Lewis Hall left back at Chelsea, understood to be around 28 million initially, um, and obviously. It's got a lot of talks in the last hour or so. It's been talked about on 
um, on Sky, saying it's a loan with a view to buy. Um, so loaning him with a view to making it permanent in the summer, with an obligation um, to make it permanent in the summer. Um, look, Chris, from your perspective here in the news, we didn't get your opinion uh, on Lewis Hall yesterday because um, you weren't on the show, but I just want to get your opinion on it now. Lewis Hall, um, what do you make your brother signing for, for, for Newcastle United, potentially? <laughs> great name, great name. Great name. Uh, yeah, great name. Now, um, very, very exciting, mate. Very exciting. I mean, I must admit, when his name came up um, a few weeks, possibly even a, a couple of months back, I just thought, we're not going to get him. Chelsea aren't going to let him go. Um, he, he he's probably one one of the standout youngsters in the Premier League who's literally come onto the scene and made an instant impact. Like there's highlight reels of him playing, and well, he's only made twelve senior appearances. And you know, if you, when you watch the highlight reels, you just think, Jesus! And he's mm-hmm. done that in the space of like what less than twelve, well, twelve or less games. Yeah, it's very very impressive, and you know, the ceiling's incredibly high for him, isn't it? And the fact he's only 18 years old and what makes it even sweeter. And I know that we shouldn't base our signings on this and I'm not suggesting that we do this going forward as a necessity, but the fact that he's got those Geordie links, that excites me even more because I think it's going to mean that little bit more to him and you get that little bit extra out of him. Um, You know, he's doing it for his family, so to speak. And I, I always like when you, when you've got links to the club, because I think that the player, you know, will, will kind of give, give more. Um, we've seen, you know, the likes of uh, Dan Byrne coming in, who's been a breath of fresh air since he joined from Brighton. A lot of eyebrows raised over him. And, you know, regularly we see Sean Longstaff, we see Elliot Anderson. So it's great to have Jacob Murphy, who I know isn't from Newcastle, but he's a Newcastle supporter. It's just great to have links to the club. And I think, you know, some people as well saying, oh, 30 million, are they mad, are they crazy? That, that's the going rate these days. If you want to bring in players who are, you know, either real high prospects or players who have proven that they can do it in the Premier League, you're going to play, uh, you're going to pay a premium and that's just the way it is. Um, so I've got, I've got no problem with paying, you know, what, what is it? 28, 30, 31 million, whatever they say it is, because potentially he could be Newcastle's left back for the next 10, 15 years. So when, when we look back in three or four years time and, you know, hopefully we're playing Champions League football and we've got a couple of our trophy, a couple of trophies in our trophy cabinet, we're going to be looking back at that 31 million and going, a bit of a bargain that he's only 24. You know what I mean? So straight away, I, I just think I just think it's a great time. And I know you boys did the uh, did the show the other night and a watch, which was brilliant in regards to Tierney, Kukurea, and Hall. And you all said Hall was number one. So when it came out, you know that he was the uh, he was the you know being linked, and it now sounds like he's going to be someone who will bring it in on a permanent basis. It's just brilliant. Definitely. Um, LB, uh, I don't know how much you know about uh, Lewis Hall. He's a young lad, obviously, uh, coming through from uh, from, uh, from Chelsea, um, played a few games last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you made of that deal? Uh, 28 million rising to 35, potentially. Um, good deal. Have you seen much of him? Um, well, yeah, I've actually seen quite a lot of him because um, he played 12 games last year. And uh, two of them were against Manchester City, so I did actually see, <laughs> I did actually see uh, quite a bit of him last season. And um, I've got to say, he was he was actually pretty impressive, to be honest with you, boys. Like I was, I was, I remember coming away from the match thinking, you know what, geez, he actually played quite well there. So um, I think I can't remember which one it was, but there was one where he really impressed to the point where he was like almost man of the match. 
Um, I think it was the first one. Whatever the first, because we played, basically we played him in the Carabao Cup, knocked him out. Played him in the FA Cup, knocked him out. Whatever the first one was, I can't remember which one it was. Um, if you, anyone ever has any spare time, go and rewatch that match. He was he was awesome. He was probably the best player of the day. He was probably unlucky to not score, actually. I remember um, he had a few chances and Ortega made the saves. But listen, it's crazy money, obviously. 30 million quid for a guy that's played, what, a thousand senior minutes. But as I said earlier, the market is the market. Like, you can say that about Lewis Hall, but you'd be saying about everyone. Every yeah. single signing that yeah. you make now. Everyone's overpriced. Everyone's overpaid. So, I'm just kind of just not asked about the fees anymore, boys. Like, it's got to the point now where it's just so silly that, like, everyone knows the silly. Like, so when anyone mentions the fee for Lewis Hall, just... You know, everyone's overpaid, so it doesn't really matter. But he's a great signing. You're paying for potential. And, um, you know, he's got a great manager, hasn't he? Eddie Howe, great at working with young players. So I'm excited to see how he gets on, man. I'm excited. Is he English, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. English. Yeah, yeah. Good, good to see how he gets on, man. <laughs> Definitely. I'm just going to steal the chat just for a second, Chris. Yeah, go for it, mate. Go for it. And I, N9 has put in, I was on a Chelsea Twitter space last night and they are fuming. Always a good sign when you're selling club, don't want to lose a player. You are absolutely right. And I've said this, um, I've said this to a few people actually. I spoke to a couple of uh, people the other day. Um, it, it's it's always a really good sign. I said it on Saeed's channel tonight. Um, when Chelsea fans are not happy about the fact that they're losing a top young talent. Um, I spoke to, uh, I sent a couple of messages to to Lewis, to Lewis G uh, last night about it. And, uh, you know, he's playing it down, he's playing it down, but on his streams, on his channel, like you can tell he's not happy. Like he's accepting of the fact that he's going to go and he accepts why, because we talked about, you talked about it just now, Chris, about his links to Newcastle. He gets it. He understands, like, he's going to be wanting to go and play for a club that he's supported. But they're not happy about it. That's always, always a good sign. And, um, yeah, yeah uh, N9, um, great to see that you're uh, loving life in other, in other club spaces and, and YouTube channels, uh, um, bigging it up. But, but N9, it does come and support when we're on other channels as well. So he's, uh, he's, a, he's a good one, that's for sure. And um, thankful for your support. Um, moving on from that, we've touched on it just a little bit. So I want to touch on it again. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, is this going to hamper your season? The reason why I say this is because, and I'll throw him out there again, Gunnar Lee, if you don't know Gunnar Lee, do you know Gunnar Lee, LB? Yeah, you know? yeah, I've done a stream with him, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so you know some of his wild takes sometimes, he puts it out there. He is convinced that Arsenal are winning the league now that Kevin De Bruyne is injured. Because obviously it's looking like it's going to be, as you said before, 2024 before he kicks a ball in anger again for Man City. How much, in your opinion, does Kevin De Bruyne affect your season now that he's going to be out for up to four months? Nowhere near as much as people are gassing it up to be, honestly. So, listen, Champions League, knockout stages don't start until February and March time. They'll be back by then. City, I'm sorry, we're treble winners. Whoever we get in the group stage, not being arrogant, you know what I mean? It's just a fact that we should qualify out of the, out of the group stage regardless of, of who we get. We're, we're, we're a seeded team. We're in pot one, so we can't play any of the, 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 the big hitters. You get one decent team in pot two, pot three and pot four usually, 
at, at games that, that, that we win. So that's not just that's not arrogance. It's just like based on odds, we should be qualifying out of the out of the group stage um, without Kevin De Bruyne. You have no FA Cup games until after Christmas, so the FA Cup's not impacted, and the Carabao Cup. Again, we should be able to do all right there. In terms of the league, I'm telling you now, all we need to do is stay within touching distance of the top of the table by the time Kevin De Bruyne comes back in January. Everyone knows that Manchester City do really well in the sort of the, the running, at which point Kevin De Bruyne will be fit because he's, he's not played, he's not kicked a ball all season and he should be fresh for it as well. So, I'm obviously, as a City fan, I'm trying to take the positives out of this. I'm not going to sit in about seasons over... Forget it. But I just think people are gassing up way too much. Of course, it's going to be a loss. And in individual games, you may go, oh, if Kevin De Bruyne was there, they would, they would have done better. But in terms of the actual impact on the season, I think that um, I don't think it's going to have the impact that people are thinking. Interesting. Chris, Kevin De Bruyne, when, when, you, when you saw the news that he was going to be out for, for the, up to four months, you know, what was your reaction in relation to this big game on Saturday? But what do you think? Like, are you in agreement with LB that yeah, a lot of people are gassing it up in terms of having an impact on the overall um, kind of objective as a Man, a Man City? Or do you think it's going to be a little bit like what Lee Gunner talked about to, uh, tonight in that it's going to massively impact Man City and potentially winning the league for the fourth time in a row? I mean, let's let's get it straight. You know, Man City are a fantastic team, fantastic squad, fantastic manager. Um, yes, Kevin De Bruyne's a miss. He's a miss for any any team. He would be um, fantastic player, arguably one of the best midfielders the Premier League seen. That's that's how highly I rate him. Um, am I pleased he's missing on Saturday? Yes. Um, obviously, I'm I'm disappointed that he's out for so many months because you never like to see a player out for you know a long period of time and hopefully he recovers fine and everything. Um, in terms of Man City derailing and potentially, you know, um, struggling to retain four in a row, the, the fourth Premier League in a row, um, I don't think it's going to have as much of a big, big impact as some people are saying. So I agree with LB on that. I think um, yes, he's yes, he'll be a miss. But you know, if they, if they go and sign Paqueta next week, Paqueta could come in and arguably, you know, refresh that Man City midfield. I don't, I don't think. I don't think it's going to have that big of a dent. Um, for me, I think, and LB, tell me if you think I'm chatting a load of rubbish here, I think potentially um, losing Mares may have, uh, you know, could have an equally big impact, in my opinion, because I, I was a massive, massive, massive fan of Mares. Um, and I know Gundogan's gone as well, and Gundogan, you know, has particularly good seasons for City of late in the last two or three seasons. Um but for me, I, I actually think, you know, Mares being being out as well, you know, having gone to Saudi Arabia, I think I think that could have just as big an impact, in 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 my opinion anyway. Would you would you are you um are you worried about Mares and Gundogan leaving at all, LB? Or do, uh, do you think you know you've got enough in in you know in reserve if you mm. like? Yeah, no, it's a fair comment because for me, these are massively, massively underrated players. Um Ilkay Gundogan was most one of the smartest football players I've ever seen step out on a football pitch. You know what I mean? The stuff that he's done with Dortmund, City and Germany. He's a very, very complete footballer. Um, and as good as the signing of Kovacic is for 25 million, he can't do what Gundogan did. 
Um, Mares again, I was disappointed to see him go. I was saying to people, listen, people were gassing it up because we got £30 million for him and he's 32. And people were saying it's the third highest transfer fee for any player over the age of 30. I said, great, go replace his goals and assists with £30 million. You won't do it. So it's all yeah. well and good getting cash in, but you've got to get the player to replace... Um, the, you know, the, the, the numbers ultimately at the end of the day. So listen, they're all going to be misses, but the, the way I see it is, you know, you kind of, like, you've got to have a little bit of trust and faith in the board and in the manager. You know, we've lost Vincent company, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Fernandinho. You know what I mean? We've been all right. So if people think I'm going to be sat here and, and, and writing the season off because Kevin De Bruyne is going to miss the first three months of an injury where really is how important is the first three months? Not really. It's the business end of the season where you want him then, you know, I'm sorry, it ain't going to happen, man. You know what I mean? I'm staying positive. I'm travel with us, man. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't just sit here and crumble at the first sign of trouble. Jeez. He's throwing it out there. Throwing bombs out there. Travel with us, man. Travel with us. Um, I love it. I love it. But I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I kind of hope that there's some disappointment in the, in, in the changing rooms. Uh, so it does have an impact on them. Certainly on Saturday. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm hoping it has a little bit of an impact uh, um, going into the game. It's at the Etihad. Tough place for us to go. Um, uh, that is for sure. Look, we're at the time where we're going to start getting into the game, looking at tactics and various other things with regards to the game. But of course, we need some stats. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. I like that. LB's like, what the hell is going on? Oh my god, to it. I like magic UPs. Keep roll. Double O Stato, the thriller. Um, how are you on this fine Thursday evening, my friend? Not so bad. I hope everyone's well. We just had to change it up because people were getting too used to the other theme, weren't they? An introduction, so we yeah. needed to change that up. It was a good theme. It was a good theme, but equally, uh, the thriller um, is back. And look, we need some stats for this week. Massive game. Uh, what stats have you got for us this week? Uh, Man City against Newcastle. I've got a load of stats here, uh, but I'm just going to add a disclaimer here now. This is going to be really bumpy for Newcastle. So please, please, no hate in the chat, OK? Because this is going to be bumpy here. I've got loads of head-to-head stats. Um, I've got some stats as well on players, focusing on certain players uh, for both teams. Um, got some manager stats and then rounding off some general stats. Newcastle's record against uh, Manchester City in the Premier League uh, since 93-94. Played 46 matches, won eight, drawn nine, lost 29. So 
weighted more towards Man City there, especially in recent years. Number of goals in this fixture in the Premier League, 140. 97 for Manchester City, 43 goals for Newcastle. And Man City have also got a defensive record in this fixture as well. 21 clean sheets to Newcastle's eight clean sheets. Um, Newcastle have won just one of their past 31 Premier League games against Manchester City. One win, uh, five draws and 25 defeats. Uh, With the one win being the 2-1 uh, win at home in January 2019, which uh, I think Miguel Almiron signed for the club on that evening as well. So it shows you quite a while since Newcastle's last win in the league. Um, Newcastle haven't beaten Manchester City away in Manchester uh, for 23 years since Alan Shearer scored the winner and a 1-0 win at uh, Main Road when Erlen Haaland's dad, Alfie Ingle Haaland, was playing for Manchester City. So that's how long ago it was since Newcastle won a league game down there. Um, Newcastle have never won a Premier League game at the Etihad Stadium. Two draws, 16 defeats in the league. It's the most that any team has played a specific venue without ever winning in Premier League history. Yes, Wait. yes. I'm only, I'm only about six in, lads. <laughs> Um, I will try to lift it at the end. Uh, Manchester City have won six of the last seven game, league games against Newcastle, netting a minimum of three goals in their la- four of their last five games. And moving on to players, Callum Wilson, he's got two goals and one assist in nine games against Manchester City. And since the start of last season, Callum Wilson scored the most Premier League goals as a substitute than any other player in the Premier League. Five goals he's scored since he's came off the bench in games. Um, Erlen Haaland, he scored 52 goals in 53 games for Man City last season. And the most a Man City player scored in a single season. And he's also scored 38 league goals in 36 Premier League appearances. So absolutely phenomenal there from Erlen Haaland. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, you were just speaking about him earlier there. Last season, he scored seven goals and 16 uh, goal-scoring assists in 32 games for Manchester City. And overall, since he's moved to Manchester City in 2015, in league games alone, he's scored uh, 64 goals and he's had 101 goal-scoring assists in 240 Premier League appearances. So just absolutely brilliant player. Um but how will they do without him? And who might be in his place? Might see Phil Foden. Phil Foden, he scored 11 goals and five goals scoring assists in 32 games for Manchester City last season. And that's his best return so far as a Manchester City uh, player in a season. Moving on to goalkeepers, uh, Nick Pope last season, 14 clean sheets and 37 league games for Newcastle. And Edison, he had 11 clean sheets and 35 league games for Manchester City last year. And he's now got over 100 clean sheets in the Premier League for Manchester City in the league. The managers, Pep Guardiola, his record as Manchester City manager um, against Newcastle. He's managed 13 games. He's won 10. He's drawn two and he's lost one. And he's also has he's won eleven games out of twelve he's managed against Eddie Howe's sides. Um, Eddie Howe's record against Man record against Man City it's it's the one draw and the twelve defeats in thirteen. 
Um, some general stats to round off. Man City um, have won their past um, 14 Premier League game home games against Newcastle in a run that goes back to 2007. Um, and that run equals uh, the record set by Everton as well, where they won uh, 14 home games against Fulham um, in the Premier League. Um, so can they beat that on Saturday or can the run just stay intact? Um, Man City um, have scored in their past 29 league games against Newcastle, which is the joint longest run uh, against one team. And it's tied for with um, Man United's run against uh, Leicester. Um, Man City had the best home record in the Premier League last season. Um, they got 52 points from 57 points available at home. Only the 2-1 defeat against Brentford and the 1-1 draw against Everton were the only games they dropped points last year. Out of 17 games where they picked up maximum points out of 19. Um, following um, their 5-1 win over Aston Villa last weekend, Newcastle are looking uh, to win both of their opening two games to a Premier League season for the first time since 1997-1998 season. Uh, when Kenny Dalglish was the manager. And that rounds off the stats. Ooh, keep on coming, <laughs> man. I told you I was going to round off with a positive stat. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was. But like, LB for most of that, we just kind of sitting back, big smile on his face thinking, I like how, how could I not, mate? How could I not? I thought it was on a Newcastle fan channel. I thought it was on a Manchester City fan channel then for a minute with all their positive <laughs> stats coming out. <laughs> lots of fans say, lots of people in the chat say, oh, we were buzzing until we heard these stats. But, but I, look, these, I had to, I had, I did put a disclaimer out there beforehand. I, you know, did. I did try to positive it up. There was some positive Callum Wilson stats and there was a positive start at the end. But if you're talking head to head stats, yeah, not not good. But but look, how many times have we said this, Keith, last season? Is that these stats are theirs to be broken? Some of these stats are like fourteen odd years of Mike Ashley that we are now having to claw back. So it's, it's going to take time. So, but look, more so than anything, massive thanks to you uh, for the for those level of stats. Um, absolutely appreciate it. And, and fantastic stuff. Um, Want to get into the game though. Um, and and talk a little bit um, about the actual game. So, as we always do, we ask the the opposition, the guest, to give his lineup, and hopefully you can see that on the screen. Um, LB, does that formation for Man City look about right um, to you? Um, no, not really. I'd change it up a little bit. Um, I'd probably push Kovacic further forward. Um, John Stones. Um, this this is on the ball formation because obviously, as yeah. everyone does now, you have different formations. Uh, John Stones will push into midfield with Rodri. Um, so you, you're looking more of a more like so you're talking on the ball then. I, I yeah, this is on this is on the ball. Yeah, Rodri and Stones will be in the middle, um, and I think yeah, I think you've got the rest bang on there. Okay, so uh, from your perspective, and I'm going to come to Chris and Keith with their perspective on the Newcastle team. Um, look, this is how you think they're going to set up. It looks a strong team, as it always would be with Man City. But where, where, where in your opinion, 
looking at the lineup that I've put there, and Chris and Keith might have a different opinion on on Newcastle's lineup. Where do you think you can hurt Newcastle in this game at the Etihad to win it? I don't know, mate. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because your you, you, your defense is a very is a very solid defense. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think there's an air. I'd, Normally, like you say, because I do this sort of thing on mine and you look at areas of weakness, but I don't think there's a single area of weakness that I can see personally, um, or, or like a vulnerability. I guess it's just, mm-hmm. can we just do our thing, knock the ball around and create a few chances for, for Highland? I don't, sorry to be like boring, but I don't think there is like a a, a standard weakness. There's nowhere, on no, there's nowhere on that team that I can see for Newcastle that goes, yeah, that's where we target, boys. There's nowhere there. So I guess it's just a case of, um, you know, just playing our game and, and try to create a few chances for the robot up front to, to bag. How nice is it to hear that? We're an opposition <laughs> fan, especially a Man City opposition fan, who's like, yeah, looks like a really good team. So, no, really nice to hear that, LB. Really nice. Absolutely spot on. It, it makes me laugh how he refers to Haaland as the robot because he, he yeah. just is. He just <laughs> is. And like, look, he, um, we've not even talked about it. You've got like a near, near 100 million pound player there sitting on the bench at Cavario. Uh, yeah, in fact, in fact, Pete, can I just come in? Sorry, mate. The, the, only, reason I, the only reason I want to come in is because I don't want to be too boring. There is one area that I've potentially identified, Go and that is, that is Bernardo Silva on Dan Byrne. Now, Dan Byrne's done a fantastic job. Mm. But he's he's a big old lanky guy, isn't he? You know what I mean? And and Bernardo Silva is a smaller player with a low centre of gravity, excellent ball control. And I just think if Bernardo Silva can stand burn up one on one closer to the penalty area, and he's twisting and turning, you know what I mean? That's that's really the only thing that I can potentially think of. But that's not to say I don't rate Burn because he's he's a great defender. But you know what I mean? I'm I'm six foot three. You know what I mean? If I'm playing five aside football and the guys. You know, smaller than me, and he's got a low center of gravity. He's twisting and turning me all day long. It don't matter if I'm professional or not. That's just you know the laws of physics, I guess. So that's probably the only thing that I can mm. think of. And yeah, that's it, really. Uh, well, would you agree with that, um, Chris? What you no, I, I I completely agree. And and in fairness, um, in fairness, LB, that's that's probably why we we've been targeting bringing in someone like Lewis Hall to basically prevent that. Because you're right. Dan, B- Dan Byrne's been an excellent servant since he's come mm. in. Most will argue he is naturally a left centre-back. Um, so really, he would probably, you know, if we do bring in Lewis Hall, he will act as the understudy to, or the alternative option to Botman. That's really what his position is. I know he played left-back for Brighton, but <laughs> naturally, he just doesn't look right playing left-back. Because mm. you're right, if he comes up against a, a shorter player, who has that, you know, that uh, lower sense of gravity? It it doesn't match up, does it? It doesn't match up. I mean, to be fair to Dan Byrne, you know, he, he came up against the likes of Anthony, he came up against Saka last season, and he did really, really well. That's not to say that he wasn't getting support. I mean, Joe Linton. That's why I love having Joe Linton on that left side of the midfield because Joe Linton often comes in and helps out. Um, Sven Botman will come across as well, you know, to to double up, triple up, um, and that that is always a, a you know a big plus. The, the thing that we like most with Dan Byrne, really, is when he goes forwards. Because if he does venture too far forwards, obviously it leaves that gap and he struggles to get back. Um, but defensively, he has been pretty sound. But we are talking about Bernardo Silva here, who is an absolutely fantastic um, player. So that I agree with you. I think um, I think that's probably you know the the uh, 
you know, the, the weak spot, as uh, as well as you know the robot. You know, if, if you if you give him the ball right where he wants it, is there any defender in world football who's stopping him? I, I yeah. don't know. Is there a weakness with uh, pace at the back? You know, you touched on it there, but burn, but and obviously the movement as well. We've seen it at St James's Park in the corresponding fixture. Newcastle were three one mm-hmm. up. They were absolutely flying. They were looking to add to three one, and then all of a sudden, bang. 3-2 with Haaland with a, with a, yeah. with a, with a movement from nowhere. It can happen yeah. that quick. Quite deep. Yeah. I agree. I agree. For, for me, um, before we get on to Newcastle, two areas. LB, you touched on Bernardo Silva, but I'm more worried about these ones in here from Foden. These ones in between the two. So Bernardo Silva would be occupied by Burn. Foden makes that run there. Joe Linton's got a massive job to stop that, to stop that run. Now, physically, uh, athletically, he's able to do it. But Joe Linton also likes to get forward and support the attack. And yeah. when you're away from home, you know, is he gonna is he gonna sacrifice getting forward here to be able to stop Foden playing in these areas? Because Foden will run in and connect with Bernardo Silva. And it's whether I trust Botman to be able to do a job here. But it's whether the midfield, whoever it is, whether it's Bruno getting back into this little pocket, Joe Linton there, um, being able to do the job. This is this is me being hypercritical because I think these they're more than capable of doing the job. That's for sure. And um, my other issue is, and you've touched on it, Keith, quite rightly, is is Harlan's runs not here, but in here, in between Trippier and Shaw. Now we know at St James's Park against Liverpool, yet Pope got sent off. But the amount of running that was made by the attackers in this little section here, and neither, like, if Trippier gets forward, there's a big gap in there to fill. And we know Haaland is a robot, but he's rapid. He can come in and affect the game massively in this little pocket of space here. And to keep them thinking, he's on his favoured left foot, balls into the box, anything in and around here, you know he's going to be pulling the trigger. So there, there's kind of two areas for me on that from that perspective but Chris I'll come back to you on the flip side this is the team that I've gone for it's the same team um, um, ultimately that started against Aston Villa do you agree with it is there any need to change it 5-1 winners talk to me but equally where do you think we can potentially hurt Man City with LB putting his team and setting his team up the way he has yeah, I mean, with the with the way, well, I'll start first of all with um, with the lineup. I think your lineup spot on Pete. I, I I can't see us changing the lineup, obviously, mm. unless there's any injuries or anything like that. But yeah, I think we'll I think we'll line up exactly the same way. Um, the only thing you could argue, and it sounds madness to say it, and I'm just thinking out loud here, you could argue that maybe Eddie decides to take Tonali out and bring in Sean Longstaff, who is predominantly. I'd say he's probably got a better engine than Sonali and he'll be more defensive than Sonali. May may not happen, but just, just an observation um, because we know how much Eddie Howe loves uh, Sean Longstaff and the work rate that he gives you in the middle. That's Whether or not that happens, I don't know. Um, but other than that, I think the lineup, I think the lineup is spot on and it probably will be the team that we play. Um, I think in terms of our threat, I mean, Pete, you know how, how big a fan I am of uh, Alexander Izak. I think he can. I, I currently believe, um, and I know you boys have agreed. I currently believe he's the second best striker in the Premier League behind Haaland, um, and I think he will. He could really cause Man City some problems because, as uh, LB said, when they transition into that what three two two three, 
formation. If we catch them quick enough on the break and we know how quick Newcastle are in terms of getting that ball forward, if you've got a one-on-one with Isaac over Diaz, I'd, I'd fancy my odds with that. Um, so, you know, that for me, that'll be the biggest threat to get the ball forward as quickly as possible. Gordon one-on-one with Walker. We know Walker's really quick, um, but, you know, Gordon Gordon could spring a surprise there. Who knows? Miggy Almiron, although he's got a tendency to cut in on his left, you know, Nathan Ake is a left-footed centre-back. So that could cause a few problems. You know, if, if Miggy cuts in on his left and he forces, you know, Aki to kind of, have to deal with him on his right foot. That that again could be an issue. Um, I think for for me, it's about getting the ball forward as quickly as possible and transition as quick as possible. Because I'm assuming that we're going to be playing a very counter attacking game, which is what we're used to doing. But it's how quickly we can transition from defence to attack. And if we can do it quickly, we could cause City problems. And I did see that yesterday from Sevilla. Um, LB, you, you, I'm sure you watched the match yesterday, and there was moments where it was like, how on earth? Of Man City ended up with like a one-on-one or a two-on-two situation against Sevilla because they were getting the ball up very, very quickly. Um, and I'm hoping, when I was watching this last night, I was thinking, oh God, we, we could do this. Whether City will line up differently against us, I don't know. Um, you know, Pep, I'm sure we'll have all this worked out and figured out. But that that would be the, the key things for me. No, great point, um, I have to say, but we'll touch on a couple of them in, in just a second. But Keith, anything to add to that with regards to where you think Newcastle could potentially win the game? Uh, do you agree, firstly, that, uh, of the lineup, like myself and Chris? Yeah. Um, that didn't sound convincing. Come on. Yeah, I'm just Can sort of breaking something? it down there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the lineup really. Um, I sort of agree there. Would you stick Barnes in rather than, uh, you know, you had the end product. He did. You know, why he change? Did. Why change that end winning team? Really, mm. you know. He, he, um, did. he was he clinical. Did. He was on points. Um, it's is very, he not more hard working as well than Gordon Harvey Barnes? Would you say is that fair or is that not Ooh. fair? I don't, I don't. I don't know this genuine question. I don't know. I, I would say. Uh, look, Chris, Keith, disagree with me if you if you do. I think Gordon is more hard working than Barnes, but Barnes, is, yeah, I, I just I, I see, and I keep using this word to describe Barnes. I see Barnes as a killer. Yeah, Barnes in that, that final third. Yeah, yeah, he, he he'll put the ball in the net. He would like on the counter attack, as Chris quite rightly said. And I was going to touch on this in a second, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it now. Um, is like. On the counter attack, like Chris said, if we can get that on a three-on-three situation with 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 you know Isaac Amiron and either Gordon or Barnes, if we're in that situation on a three-on-three, I would back Barnes hundred percent to put the ball in the net because he's a killer. He knows where the goal is. He'll put it away. He's already proven that for Newcastle already in the in the few games that he that he's played, but. Is it going to be a game that's better suited to and more an industrial player? Certainly for the long part of the game to really kind of grind Man City down. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a great question that you brought, um, Keith, about Gordon and Barnes. It, it, it's an interesting mm. um, and it kind of gets... There's definitely, there's definitely going to be opportunities and times where you would probably, you know, as you say, the industry, you would, fear, you would want somebody like a Gordon in 
Mm. Whereas you've got the class, the proven class of. Um, but with me, it's with end product, and sometimes I, I, you can't. I just can't get away from end product, you know. And Barnes did it on his debut. He did it on the in the in the friendly the week earlier as well. Um, I think what your points about Tenali and Longstaff before, I think you've got to go with Tenali, you know, because I think he, he'd be able to in a game like this. I think he'd be able to intercept some of the, you know, some of the danger in the man. He, he would be my bet out of the two to intercept some of that danger really uh, so I would definitely go with Tenale. Um I think your, your, your defence is probably as strong as it will probably get really mm. at this stage and in attack it's harsh but and it's it's you know I, at the minute I kind of really it's it's like a 541-50 it's like a 49-51 thing percentage thing with Isaac and uh uh, Wilson, but again, it's very marginal, but it, and it's harsh. But he's I've got the two goals last weekend, didn't he? Yeah. And that, that I think was it the second one. It was absolutely class, wasn't it? Yeah. You know that lo- lob and effort at the Gallagher. So, you know, I would I would like something like that on Saturday if, if Wilson comes in at some part and get and and you know adds to his five goals as a substitute. Definitely. But, just be- just before we wrap up this section uh, and go to predictions uh, and uh, and all the rest of it. Yeah, Chris, you talked about the the, the counter attacking football um, mm. that we, we we like to play in in this part. I don't know if you guys watched it, and LB, you, you you would have when Brentford beat Man City at the Etihad um, last season. It was kind of what they did, exactly that. They hit Man City on the break really quickly and yeah. isolated them to make it a matchup of three on three, two on two, four on four, and they managed to hit hit Man City really quickly in order to get their goals in order to win the game and I would back Newcastle to do that that's 110% the one thing I've got a question on is that I saw the goal I think I saw the, the first goal um, well not first goal but the, but the only goal that Sevilla scored yesterday and it was it was in the air and it surprised me how yeah. weak Man City were in defending that Really. Now, I don't know if that's an issue for you, LB. Is that an issue for no, you? No, no. Well, you need to... set pieces. No, no, not at all. We've got one of the best set piece records um, in, in the country. What I would say is I won't read too much into the, 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 the Seville game in terms of our defence because it was Walker, um, Akanji, Ake, and uh, Gvardio. Well, Diaz is back, and so is John Stones. So straight away, um, Ake. Will it be Ake? Will it be Gvardio left back? Who knows? But John Stones and Diaz, uh, if they're both all right, should should come back into the centre of the pitch. And um, that goal doesn't happen if John Stones and Diaz yeah. is there. That's, that's just yeah. a fact. So, yeah, no, no issues with that. It's a one-off game and you won't see that partnership again. No, fair play. Look, we've talked on the tactics board, probably longer than we anticipated, but really good chat, good opinions as well and, and good suggestions from, from both sides of things. It'll be interesting to see how we manage with that different setup. Um, with Man City, with Stones coming into the midfield and how we kind of counteract that. It's going to be really interesting from our perspective, um, as well as LB looking at how we're going to do things from a Newcastle perspective, that's for sure. But um, look, we're, we're getting towards those prediction times. But just before that, um, are there any kind of burning questions, maybe one or two, Chris, that you want to fly uh, and, and throw LB's way? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's been a couple of good ones in actually that I wanted to uh, to ask LB. Um, Stu Amos asks LB, how close do you think Newcastle are to being a genuine title threat? Good question. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a question that you all want to know, isn't it? Look at, look at Pete. Look at Pete. Look at him. Um, how close do I think see them being a title threat? Uh, I still think a good two, three years. Now, the reason I think it's a good two, three years is because I don't think, I, th- I just think you've got a plan. And I think, I think Newcastle don't strike me as the team that's going to rush it. You look at Chelsea, right? Bowley at Chelsea is clearly trying to rush things to get Chelsea up the table as quickly as possible and get them fighting for the title again. All well and good, but he spent a billion pound in 12 months, 18 months, right? Newcastle are not trying to do that. Newcastle are trying to do it the right way. They're trying to be a sustainable football club. And as I've said to Pete before, they will get there, but I just think it's going to take a few years and, and Newcastle fans just need to have patience with that, which I think is a completely reasonable thing to say. Um, you've also got to deal with going from a club last year that had no European football to a team now that is looking to qualify for the Champions League again, which, by the way, brings its own pressures because fans will have their own pressures um, on, on the players and the manager to get them back in the the, 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 uh, the Champions League. I think opposition teams will respect Newcastle a lot more this year than they did last year because I, think, I feel like they'll respect how good Newcastle are. That could, again, bring more problems. Um, you've got to deal with the Champions League this year. That's a game every three or four days. And I don't think Newcastle are going... I don't know. I don't Personally, I don't think Newcastle are going to the Champions League there just to take part. I, th- I think they I think they want to, to want to get out of that group stage. Now, of course, no one knows who they're going to get in the group stage. And once you see the, the group, you might be reassessing that that sort of goal. But I think Newcastle will want to try and at least make it to the, to the round of 16. I think Newcastle are desperate for a trophy. Right, you are desperate for a trophy, aren't you, boys? You know what I mean. Like, so again, you're going to have to go for. This is why I said on the show recently. I don't know if you was on the show, Pete, but I said it was a real shame. Not just because you played Man United, but it was a real shame that Newcastle didn't win a trophy last year. Because if you did, you you could potentially have took the domestic cups a little bit easier this year and really focused on the Premier League and really focused on that Champions League. But I don't think he can really do that, Eddie Howe, because. You're not going to win the Premier League this year. You're not going to win the Champions League. So I, th- I still think there's a there's a there's a need, and a necessity for Newcastle United to win that trophy. So I just think there's a, a number of challenges for Newcastle to face in the next few years um, with the pressures of the trophy, uh, pressures of getting a trophy, pressures of requalifying for the Champions League and getting out of the group stage of the Champions League. But I have no doubts that in 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 due time Newcastle will achieve that, those goals. I just think that it's going to take a few years. So in my my advice on as a fan who's been through this process, fucking enjoy the ride, boys. That's what I'm going to tell you, man. Enjoy the ride. You know what? I I, I don't know what Keith, Chris. Uh, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm loving the ride. But like, I, I would love it and enjoy it even more if we had a trophy just in the cabinet already, just to kind of look at it and just enjoy that moment. Um, I think I think the the ride will be very much more enjoyable once we we, we get that moment of of securing a trophy, whatever that may be, Carabao Cup, FA Cup, Premier League, Champions League, whatever it may be. Uh, Chris Keith, am, am I right? He's similar. Oh, you're on mute, Chris. One second. Every show, I do it. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's kind of it's getting that. Um, it's getting that. 
getting that out of the way, isn't it? Because once we get that first trophy, you would hope that, you know, that winning mentality will come. The players will, you know, go into games with a little bit of confidence, thinking, you know, we can win this. Because I, I do think, and Pete, you know, you, you'll probably remember because we were sat together watching it, there was that element of not having the experience of winning stuff. And I think if as soon as we have that, and as soon as we're used to winning trophies, um, you know, we'll see, you know, the players kind of grow and then they, they'll demand more from themselves. And I think that, you know, these big occasions, they won't be overawed by them because they'll just become the norm. And, you know, having having players in your team who have trophies under the belt, it does make a massive difference. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I want Newcastle to get to the last stage and maybe get to a final and be a bit more clinical. You know, I mean, they've only... In the times that since they went to Wembley, since 1976, they've only scored twice in 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 two games. You know, so I want to see Newcastle a lot more clinical. Uh, you know, be industrious but be clinical with it. And you know, I think it certainly does help. Get, you know, acquiring somebody like Tenali who has won Serie A with AC Milan, getting a winner in the team as well. You know, getting a bit more pedigree mm. there. Yeah. You're not wrong. Um, I just wanted to address something just before we get to predictions. Um, uh, a lot of people are put into the chat um, and saying about Stones being injured. Um, but obviously, LB, you put him in your team for Saturday. Okay. Is he injured? Is he going to play? <sighs> okay, so basically, uh, I don't fully understand what's happened. <laughs> so he was he, he picked up a knot. And then he was, and then he was like, "Yeah, he's gonna be injured." But then he was on the bench and trained with the team, and it was all fine. And then there was a couple of rumors going around today that potentially his 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 hamstrings gone, but I've not seen that that has been confirmed by any like reliable source. So I'm as at the moment, I'm saying he's fit and he's he's ready. But there is a there is a chance that he might not be fit. Um, but in that case, we'll just have to put you by. Yosko Gavardio in there instead, lads. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's not, 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 the not worst. a bad replacement. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the worst situation in the world, man. Could be a Guardiola mind game. A bit like a Ten Hag mind game before the cup final. It could be. You know, quick, quick, quick point on that final. I don't know if the, you guys might take this the wrong way or not, but I think um, in that final that you played against United last year, I think Eddie Howe did, did the wrong thing because you were the better team in that game. And I said after like twenty minutes, Newcastle will get beat here because United, what United, Man United, they, they want you to do that because they're still a counter-attacking team. You know, yeah. some United fans will have you believe that they play nice football. They still don't. What did I say, nice to, you, what did I say to you this week? I said it on the channel. I said that I didn't like it. Man United is still a counter-attacking. Yeah, team. they're still a counter-attacking team, and I think actually you played into their hands a little bit, um, and you were the better team, and you should have won the game, but. United, United wanted you to do that. I think what he should have done really is said, you know what, United, you have the ball because you don't do anything with the ball because you're rubbish when you've got the ball, which they are. And we will just stick in there and at some point we'll, we'll, we'll get a goal from a set piece or get some quality. I, I actually thought he'd done the wrong thing. I thought he tried to take the game to Man United and I, I knew straight away, man, after 15 minutes, I was like, United are going to win this. I'll be honest, your hatred for, for Man United is, is getting... People are happy in the chat. They, they they appreciate that, but not the fact that you're referred to them as United because, you know, in terms of calendar-wise, over the years, we are the original United. 
before anybody else. Bro, I'm not gonna uh, argue. I'm not gonna start. I sit here argue with you on that. You, gotta, <laughs> you can call them a lot worse United. things than than United if you want, bro. You know what I mean? We have to we have to re, re, remind people of that. But uh, obviously, of course, you'll be bang on that. Um, LB as well. But uh, before we get to predictions, one more question. Any any one question, Chris, that stands out for you? Any one question? Um, there's been some great one, questions tonight, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, the, the absolutely. Ours. Um, yes, I really like this one again. Tom Tom's been flying with the questions tonight. Tom asks, when Pep Guardiola does retire or step down, what manager would you like to take over from him? Ooh. Don't say Eddie Al. I want Vincent Company. I um. Yeah, I want I want Vincent Company. Listen, the last decade or so, I've been on a mad ride. Yeah, I've seen Mancini win the title in the most spectacular way. Pellegrini come in and played some incredible direct football, and Pep Guardiola winning the treble, winning our first Champions League. Um, I think to bring in after all that success, to bring in a you know a player that was there at the beginning of our sort of revolution, if you if you want to call it that, um, and just plays good football. I, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to sort of bring it in. And I know sometimes it doesn't work out, but it won't taint his legacy for me as a, as a fan. If it doesn't work out, it'll, it'll go. Now, of course, De Zerbi is doing incredible things at Brighton and I'm sure he'll be on the list. But me as a fan, um, I'm ready. I'm, I, I'm, I'm calling for it, man. I'm calling for Vincent Company to come in. Wow. I, and by the way, that's not the majority of City fans. I am, I am in, a, I'm in a minority there, but... <laughs> You know, and, and of course, you know, that is caveated with the fact that Burnley don't just go and lose the next 37 games in the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? He's got to, he's got to do all right with Burnley in, in the league and this year and next year. But yeah, providing he does, which I think he will, because he seems to be playing good football with them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want Vinny in. He did, he did well against you, actually, didn't he? On played the first well, yeah. game. That's a striker, though, didn't they, Chris? They, they, they yeah. didn't really have anyone that could put the ball in the net. Every time they yeah. got the ball forward, it was like, well, where are you going with it now? But... But moving the ball around the football pitch, they did, they did, they did well. Yeah, definitely. Good team. Right. Questions out. Thank you so much for those that haven't. Um, uh, sorry, that have put questions in. We haven't answered it. I apologise. Um, want to obviously keep it quite tight tonight. But look, we're going to get down to predictions. Um, just before predictions, we've had nearly three hundred in the chat tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. And, and supporting the channel. If you haven't clicked like right now, click like. If you, I know it's slightly more difficult if you're watching it on TV. We we'll talked about it the other night. But if you can get onto your phone and click like, it only takes just a second. But more importantly, as Chris quite rightly and very timely puts on the screen, thank <laughs> you for watching. Thank you for your support. Subscribe to the channel, um, and of course, uh, brilliant stuff as always. Um, prediction time. Chris, I'm going to come to you first. What is it going to be at 10 o'clock at night, whenever it is, because it's a late kickoff, uh, the score uh, against Man City? Well, I knew you were going to ask me this, so I've been agonising over it for the past five or ten minutes. My gut feeling is saying 1-1. One, one. So I'm going to stick with 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go Desmond. I nearly I, went Desmond's. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a Desmond. I'm not going to lie. Now I may get stick for this. We may get stick for this. Brandy and Blaze. We're not yeah. normally offence kind of guys. We're not. But uh, I'm 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 going for a Desmond. Chris, you go for a one-one. Mm -hmm. LB, Man City side. Are you confident? What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm confident. Of course. Um, 
it's not going to be an easy game. So I think uh, I think a two nil victory. Our defense is looking very strong. It's looking very strong. So I think, uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think I keep a clean sheet and yeah, get the ball into the robot man, and you'll put the ball in the back of the net. So yeah, two nil, two nil, but good game, close game. One, I want to add LB last season at the Etihad. We had uh, Shaw was injured. We had Lascelles. Lascelles had he had a pretty good game. He had him. It was one of his best games for the club. He had him on toast. So I'm not saying Lascelles is going to play, but Shaw will be in there. Different type of player, but throw it out there. Right. Of course, we always come to uh, the main man, Double O Stato, Doctor Doom, whatever you want to call him, the Thriller. Um, Key. Are we on the? Are you on the fence with us for a change, or are you gonna? Are you gonna fly high? What are you going? Well, for? I can see two potential outcomes here. So, I'm gonna give me <laughs> prediction what my head says, and then I might give people what they want. Okay. So, um, right. I'm looking at this. This sort of fixture reminds me of Man United at Old Trafford. You know especially those stats that I was saying earlier, 17 wins out of 19 in the league last year, um, only one defeat. Um, I think it's been, obviously, since 2018, Newcastle have not scored a, a goal at the Etihad Stadium. So four and a half games, Newcastle have not scored a goal. But I think Newcastle are going to end that long run and will score on Saturday, Saturday night. But I think it might be too much and I think... You're right, LB, what you're saying about the robot there, Holland. And this is what I think my head is saying will happen. Home score to Manchester City. But, but, but you just don't know. Those riggers might have an impact on it uh, as well from the um, Super Cup last night. And you never know. We might see this on Saturday (laughs) night. So just to make people happy, heart and head (laughs) predictions there. Oh, so we've gone for two predictions: one three-one Man City, but a potential one-one draw alongside Keith. And you know what? Fair play, fair play to you. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm so excited about this game. Um, I genuinely think that uh, that I, th- I, th- I think Newcastle. I'm not saying we're going to win. Not saying we're going to get a point, whatever. But I think that we're going to. Surprise a few people, um, it, not necessarily gone. It Keith. could be a good time. It could be the good time, if not the best time, to play Man City because at the early in the season, like we did last year at St James, with a three-three, as opposed to when they're on the Championship running last year, when you know when Arsenal was going there and they got thumped yeah. and they just weren't dropping any points. It's probably a better time to play them. I only said this earlier to someone, Keith. I said, you know what, this is the Perfect time to play City at the Etihad, especially given the Super Cup uh, win through the week um, and the fact that we're coming off the back of a 5-1 win against Villa. And hopefully, and LB won't let me say in this, but hopefully, you know, there's um, you know a little bit of a come down from De Bruyne being out and losing a couple of players. He could play into our hands because the problem with City is as soon as they get in their rhythm, they're very, very difficult to stop. Um, and I think once they do get in a rhythm, it will be very difficult for anybody to stop them, let alone us. So the fact that we're getting them early, I like I like to get the the harder games out the way early on because you never quite know what you're going to get. 
and and also as well, even though we're not playing too much into it in the Super Cup yesterday, it still wasn't the easiest to work out for City. You know, going to go behind and it going to penalty, you know, extra time and all that penalties. It still wasn't the easiest to work out. So it's bound to have a little bit of rig on on them. Definitely. Um, but look, we're out of time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for all the questions, comments, uh, and opinions in the chat. We love it, as uh, as always. LB, absolute pleasure on your debut on Loading Mag NFC for joining Cheers, us. Boys. And where Cheers, can we man. find you, um, uh, for anyone that doesn't already know? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is It's LB, um, and uh, it's mainly City content, but there is other, there is other stuff out there as well. And then I do shows with uh, Pete on, um, oh, what's it called, 12th Man. Um, podcast as well so uh yeah just anywhere that love me really boys <laughs> <laughs> love it love it and of course double edged stato keith always a pleasure never ever a chore thank you for joining us um on this thursday evening and of course um the main man chris hall brandy and blaze back again 23 24 season um guys we're out um of course check out our reaction show uh, over the weekend, hopefully celebrating a win. But until then, we do love playing away. You guys have a great evening and take care. Speak to you Drink it.